We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Moose and Runes podcast with Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. We've got uh, a full slate for you today, a Victory Tuesday. We're coming at you on a Tuesday, depending when you're listening to this. <coughs> how, how are you doing me. over there, Joe? We're not Jeez. doing great. You, you We're need not to doing get great. Uh, some, some tea, maybe some green tea, put some honey in there, maybe a lemon. Not only uh, the, the, the throat and voice are fine right now, but um, I have a little, I have, no, I have a little sinus. Fine. I'm not sick, I don't think. I just have a little sinus something going on here. That is sick. And to boot on the uh, on the introduction there, I just breathed in some sort of air particle, some sort of fragment oh. hit me in the back of the throat, and uh, we're just we're in pieces right now. But so it's because not all I am rainbows in California, huh? never, never, never. I am a, a man of the people, so uh, I work through this cloud. You're a and, fighter. Um, no one's ever denied I will, that. I will bring our uh, our listeners nothing but grade A entertainment. But with that being said, we're going to keep it tight today, Matt. All right, because uh, yeah, I have an actual I have an actual job that I have to. Oh, like I to don't tonight. have a job. If we're out of voice, uh, I can't make no money. Okay, this is the, this is the instrument. No, your your money's the your, face. Your money's the yeah, face. Yeah, that's true. They're that's looking true. at the face. They don't care about the voice. They just they'll just roll me out there at ten thirty and say, "Hey, Joe, just smile. Just smile. That, that's all you're, gonna, you're gonna be the co host You're gonna be a co anchor <laughs> but you're not gonna say anything. You're just gonna smile. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. But uh, you know what was all right, Matt? You know, maybe smile. The Chicago, Chicago Bears. Bears. There you go. They they put a smile on all of our faces this weekend. Um, as we discussed in the pre-production meeting, not the prettiest of wins, but uh, nonetheless, you take down one of the NFC favorites in the Los Angeles Rams and position yourself right in that conversation of the top three. I think this was enough convincing for people nationally to start talking about the Bears as an actual contender when it comes to the NFC championship game. I mean, I don't see how you couldn't. Um, I, I know at, at this point, now the the Giants loss looks a little even more not bad, yeah. but it's more like you know, damn that. It really cost, it's going to cost one. us something. It, I, honestly, if I had to bet, I would bet that costs them. A sh- I would bet that costs the home field because if I think they do win that game and they win this one, I don't think there's a chance they're going to lose one the rest of the way. I, I probably think they end up going, you know, thirteen and three and maybe pull yep. even with the Rams at some point and win that tie. But whatever, it's in the past. Uh, it's unfortunate. There's there's probably not going to be any bear weather in the playoffs when when it comes to to playing one of those two teams. But you know we got it on this night and, and we saw how effective it was. Not only the weather, but the, the fans, the crowd at Soldier Field. I mean that defense when they have just kind of that little extra push behind them. That it, it, it's almost like a feeling of invincibility, one that we really haven't felt since you know oh six. Oh, five, yeah, really. I was obviously not in the building, but uh, everyone that you can I tell, spoke to you can that tell was there. You not being in the building how electric it was. Yes, and everyone that, that was there said that it was uh, it was a new level, you know, and there have been times that the crowd has been at that level in the past, and it's always driven by these nasty defenses and competitive Bears teams, obviously. And uh, I think in hindsight, you're going to look back and say, wow, that Giants game really did bite us because mm-hmm. – as you saw on Sunday night, it's a tough place to play. Whether or not, whether as in the elements, whether or not, uh, it's a very tough place to play when the fans are behind this team. And they'll be behind the team wherever they are. And we, we travel well as well. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something that I think this franchise looks back on and this team looks back on and says, we really let one go there because it's, a, uh, it's important to – and I don't want to go negative on what happened on Sunday, but it's important to look at the result of the game as a result of, you know, the sum of the parts, mm-hmm. being the fans, being the performance, being everything that happened on Sunday night. If that game happens in a vacuum or if it happens at a neutral site or if it happens in Los Angeles, honestly, I think it's a different outcome. I think that's how pivotal having that game at home was on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be – I mean, the old saying goes in football, whatever, defense travels, run game travels, and that's, that's exactly uh-huh. what the Bears – had on Sunday that's exactly how they won but as much I don't think it affects that group as much as you know playing in warm weather LA will kind of help this Rams team they've been a completely different team on the road this year than they have at home especially since Cooper Cup's gone down so Mm -hmm. it's not 
it's not the Rams team that, you know, beat the Vikings, you know, 38-31 in home in that wild Thursday night game where, you know, they, you know, Jared Goff was thrown for 500 yards. It, it's a little bit of a different Rams team. But at the same point, I'm still not going to say that this team can't go out and beat anybody on a given Sunday on the road because I don't think – I think that – whether that environment affects the other side a little bit more than this one, you know, this team does, then it affects this team. And I think this team is capable and kind of young and stupid enough to be able to go on the road and just not really care where they are and go play football. If that, if that makes sense. Uh, that said, I mean, I do, I do tend to agree with you. If these two teams do meet in the playoffs in LA, I'm a little bit concerned if, if these two teams, yeah. if, if the Bears, you know, have to go to New Orleans, which they probably would have had to do anyway, if they want to, you know, go to the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. I'd be much more relieved if it was at Soldier Field, but obviously that's not going to be the case anymore. On that same note, that's not only a big win over a great team; it goes to show that this defense can stop a high-powered offense, a la Los Angeles, a la Kansas City, mm-hmm. a la. New Orleans. This weekend in general was a big weekend for for the that. defense. No, for, maybe the last two, like no, for just defenses in general in the NFL. You know, two weekends ago you had or two Thursdays ago you had the Cowboys. You know, basically limiting the Saints to whatever it was, ten points, and yep. then you had the Ravens for the most part holding the Chiefs to seventeen until some you know crazy stuff in the fourth quarter. And you had the Bears doing this to the Rams. So I know the notion is defense is dead in the NFL, but I think the last couple of weeks, especially as you get later in the season, we start to see again that it's yeah, really defense, not good defense is still very defense valuable. Defense isn't dead. Defense is alive and well. It was just nice out. And this isn't, you know, this is a pattern we're starting to see as these offensive numbers start to balloon and inflate over the past half decade, you see it. Every December, it slows down. It regresses to the mean, whether mm-hmm. it be fatigue, injury, or weather. Um, I think it's often a mixture of the three. Things are going to slow down as it comes to the tail end. Everyone gets a little tighter. Sometimes you get nicked up. You get a, a game-breaker like Tyree Kill has a little foot issue. Uh, you have a quarterback go down here. You have a running back go down over there. Things slow down, and if you're the team standing there with the already substantial defense, I think you're in a really good spot. Yeah. Uh, I. It was a fun game to watch. I think we're both in the same boat here. Just I'm a little bit nervous when we get to the playoffs to see what these two teams have to meet. That said, with the Vikings' loss last night, it looks like we'll at least be kind of guaranteeing ourselves a home playoff game in the first round. I think that's going to be huge, especially with the Seahawks looking like a possible matchup. They're playing fantastic. Yep. Um, you want to you talk about the, the elephant in the room about, about Mont a Sunday night? Yeah, we're a quarterback away from being the best team in the NFL. We're a quarterback away from being the Super Bowl favorite. I'm. Uh, first off, I, I will agree with you there. Uh, I, I still, I, I think the decision to sit Mitch against the the Giants now might it, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty at the time. Even both of us are saying you know sit him, get him all that healthy against you know not that great of a team. In hindsight, might not have been the best idea to have your young, inexperienced quarterback having two weeks off before playing the biggest game of his life. I don't think that's an exaggeration to say. Last night was the biggest game of his life. Um, you know, coming in two weeks off, Rust, I'm not blaming it all on Rust. It wasn't all on Rust. I think that has a fa- that's a factor to do with it, but I don't think that there are some people out there saying that's all it was, which, which I don't think is true. But, you know, having a guy who hasn't played in two weeks play the biggest game of his life at home in front of a juiced up crowd, and he's clearly a pretty emotional guy who kind of let the emotions get to him too against a pretty solid defense too. Uh, wasn't the greatest recipe in hindsight, and I, I still think there's a lot of things to work on. But I, I'm, I'm still not not ready to sell the farm after one bad start. Yeah, no, not ready to sell the farm by any means. But we're again, still we we're talk, still a year early for Mitch. We talk about the uh, the progression of Mitch, and you want to see him play well in those big games. Mm-hmm. What bothered me the most, and this is a negative born out of a positive, but. He went largely untouched. He was mm-hmm. sacked once, and he was hit. He was hit another one time. So yeah. essentially, outside of two snaps, I don't know how many offensive snaps the Bears had. Outside of two snaps, Mitch was upright, and and the offensive line gave him the best chance to do what plays. he needed to do on Sunday night. How many? Sixty-six. How plays. many? Sixty. 
66 plays. So 64 successful snaps yeah. out of that offensive line. Now, you can also take out some bad run plays there where run blocking broke down. But mm-hmm. I want to give a stamp and a star, whatever, to the offensive line in putting Mitch in a position to succeed. Now, when you're upright and you go 16 of 30 for 110 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and you overthrow some really, really big opportunities, some chunk plays mm-hmm. um, that you're just sailing. And some of those turned into interceptions. Some of those fell to the ground, uh, you know, with no harm, no foul, other than a missed opportunity. But you can't, you can't squander a clean pocket, I guess yeah. is my point here. And he largely did that on Sunday. And I, another thing for me that I guess bothered me with that offense too is they had a couple chances in the red zone to finish drives, yeah. get, get on the – Obviously, they got the great defense who had their backs, and they ended up winning, and all is well when you win. But I think there are two two or three chances where they had the ball, you know, inside the 10. It was after the Roquan interception. They ended up not scoring, and I think they had another time where they ended up getting backed up to, like, first and goal from the 20. Um, so the, the red zone issues have been a problem with the Bears for literally as long as I can remember. Uh, and, and that's something I'm looking forward to getting solved because if, if that's if you can be an efficient team in the red zone, not even a great team in the red zone, but an efficient team in the red zone that it's you know picking up touchdowns, you know seven out of ten times it, uh-huh. it, when you're inside the ten when you got first and goal, that's going to separate you so farther from so much farther from the group, especially when you have this great defense that actually seems to play better when their backs are you know backed up against the wall. And that that's been a problem not all year, but yeah, like I said, with the Bears since you know for as long as I can remember, that they just you, know, you kind of had flashbacks, kind of had nightmares when they couldn't finish in the red zone. Luckily, they ended up winning, but that was that was probably my biggest issue with the offense outside of Mitch's a overthrows. But the biggest, the, the worst interception for me was that second one where he tried to throw the out. Yeah. And I, I for the life, uh, Joe, you know me, I'm the biggest Mitch defender. Um, because I, I, they do think he has more potential than just about any quarterback we've seen with the Bears in my lifetime, and it's not even close. But that throw was – I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know who he was looking – like, there was nobody open. It wasn't even close. Like, the other two, the overthrows, like, yeah, he saw a guy. He just kind of missed the throw. Maybe he was a little bit jacked up and kind of sailed it. This one was just kind of a lob on a deep out to the far side of the field, and there was nobody open. Yeah, that was that was a bad one. To me, the worst one was the crossing route, the third one, um, because you get a guy in space with a head of steam. Uh, it could be six, you know, yeah. the way that play's drawn up. It was, it, it opened up perfectly for them. He made the right read and then threw it over Trey Burton's head to a safety. And yeah. these things, these are not things that you want to be seeing uh, week fourteen. Obviously, I don't care if it's year one or year seven. Yeah, um, you do not want to see these kinds of mistakes. Can you chalk it up to rust? Maybe, but uh, Mitch has just got to keep this thing on the freaking train tracks, and, and this this train can go far. But fifteen to six with the defensive performance that we saw. Um, you know, it worked on Sunday, but it's not going to no, be it's the not formula. Gonna, this it's is not going to be the formula, formula to get to the NFC Championship, to, to, to get to the Super Bowl. If you get um, the NFC to succeed with any sort of regularity ball, throughout yeah. his career, he's going to have to be better than that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you're not winning a playoff game on the road against the Rams or in New Orleans 15-6. Yeah. to six. You're just not. I, I'd love to say you can, but um, I'd be absolutely shocked if you could. Um, but, Matt, um, you know, it was, it was a victory. It, it, the Bears do have nine wins already this season. It has exceeded expectations both from uh, Vegas' standpoint, from our standpoint. Uh, hey, speak for yourself. You, I laid down a futures bet on the Bears winning the NFC North. There you go. Yeah. Obviously, uh, we we reset expectations as the season go as the season goes, and you have a chance to cash in on that bet this coming Sunday uh, against who else? Against who else? The uh, I want Aaron lowly Packers and um, who seem to have some life after last week. I, I just don't think you can let this team even get in the ball game. But we can talk about that one uh, next week after the fact. I'm actually uh, happy the, the, the Packers came out and blew out the Falcons like they did because now I yeah. think the, like there's no sleeping on them now. If they were to go out and play, you know, you could not that the Bears would, but you could like you know in the back of your head be like yeah these guys yeah. suck they haven't done anything. But now they're and you know where sometimes you get a little boost off of a coach being fired not not in a negative way just even if you don't agree oh, you, with the firing it yeah. galvanizes a group that come together that was their hey boys it's us against the world moment and the now, stink. i think yeah i think they realize um once cleo max starts putting his 
hand in people's throats uh, that, you know, this is a different beast we're going to be going up against Sunday. And getting Aaron Rodgers to the ground is going to be key. And uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing to watch to avenge that heartbreak from week one. Kyle Fuller, I think, will have a three-interception game. I'm just putting putting it out there in the ether for him because you know I'm the hardest on Kyle Fuller, but what he's done since that moment week one has been absolutely amazing. I mean, he's been a pro bowler. He's been a top five cornerback in the NFL, and I really don't think that's underselling it. Um, His ball skills, I don't know where they've come from. To think of where his career was literally two years ago from today. Yeah. Two years ago, uh, for two years ago from in 2015 or 26, 2016, it's 2018. So six, eight minus two, you got six. It. Good math. Math's, math's hard. Okay. Um, I mean, the Bears were literally, you had Vic Fangio openly calling him out in the press for not, like he had, you know, the minor knee injury, didn't play the season. And then the Bears were leaning towards not even picking up his rookie fifth year option. Yeah. And to think where he's come from that, he'll be a, two, excuse me, two time Pro Bowler after this year and one of the higher paid corners in the league. And, you know, justifiably so um, mm-hmm. credit him for for the turnaround and i clearly he took whatever message was given him to heart given to him to heart in the offseason he's i mean he's the key in that secondary right now yeah he's been fantastic. as good as anybody's been eddie jackson amos mukamara i think fuller's been the best player in that secondary this season I think so as well. Um, I, I also, you know, I'm a big Eddie Jackson guy, and when you get a safety plan over the top of a fantastic corner, good things are going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, and it all starts up front. We, we saw more dominance from Akeem Hicks in the gang. Uh, just getting to Nice getting to see Eddie Goldman get some, too. Getting that safety, and he was in on some other plays, too. Um, and what I found uh, very interesting, and I saw a couple people tweeting it, was, you know, oh, we're going to pump up uh, McVeigh for his memory and how great of a uh, how great of a coach oh, he is God. that he can go to the podium and that he can uh, rattle off a very, very elementary uh, a scouting report on a defense. Every coach in the league can do that. They, they think that's impressive. Talk. They should have seen they, Norm's Wednesday meetings when he'd bring up the board yeah, and tell that's right. down. Not only the, the ones, but the two deeps. Not this not discrediting North Park coming up. <laughs> not discrediting the uh, coaching skill of Sean McVay because I think no, he's one like, of the best in the game. That's what any, everyone any, can, any everyone coach can at do that, that level, or even you know, mostly at the high school level, at least know numbers of every starter one, on the defense. Like that's just, one name he didn't mention. Uh, boy genius was Eddie, Eddie Goldman. Goldman, and Eddie Goldman came out and had a really nice game. Um, I think that uh, let me see if I can if I can find a line here. I, I, he had a sack, sack, a tackle, uh, tackle for a loss, and obviously three, safety, three pass. Th- no, that's Eddie Jackson. I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> it's not three I pass. Think, <laughs> um, uh, it was it's, a. Uh, it's, it's, I, it's, I think it's, there were a couple that didn't show up on the box score there, but a nice game there for Eddie Goldman as well. It's, it's a tough position to play because obviously you're in the heart of the trenches there, being the nose guy. And he just got paid. Uh, I think it was something like. I forgot what the deal was, but he got paid. Yeah. And I think that kicks in next year, and people kind of like, "Oh, what has he done?" He doesn't, you know, look at his stats. He doesn't do much. I think this this night was kind of a, a pivotal, not pivotal moment, but maybe for to, to shine a light on what exactly he does. Obviously, came up with the sack, huge play uh, down on the goal line, picking up that safety. But he controls so much of what goes on in the middle, in terms yeah. of the run game, in terms of basically freeing up linebackers and taking up blockers. That I, I know the numbers don't necessarily look like he deserves an, an extension, but he especially with being able to stay healthy this year for the first time, he deserves every bit of that extension he's gotten. It was nice uh, to see him kind of get that moment for him. And it's not uh, it's not a, a discredit to him, but number 96 cat has been cast <laughs> in a pretty big shadow. I yeah. think Akeem Hicks, that where all good. the talk that was uh, made about Aaron Donald being a possible MVP on the defensive side of the ball, well, there was one three technique that stood out on Sunday, and it was Akeem Hicks. Yeah, and, Credit the Bears James did a Daniels. great job of double teaming and chipping and, and really James Daniels Donald had several trouble. several one-on-one opportunities with Aaron Donald, yes. and he, for the most part, shut him down. Um, and then yeah. for a guard who's you know 21 and is obviously going to have struggles because it's his rookie year and he's 21, um, it was a it was hopefully a nice coming of age moment for him and kind of taking the next step. But he, he absolutely did as, as well as he could have against the best defensive lineman in the NFL, and then kind of made Aaron Donald quit towards the end. There, there was really no fight in that Rams defensive line. And I think, you know, the key statistics here, you look at it, uh, Jared Goff was hit eight times. He was sacked three. 
and the Bears created four more takeaways. Rokon Smith with his first career interception, Prince of Mukamura with a late one, Kyle Fuller breaking out a great ball, and Eddie Jackson with his weekly pick as well. So just uh, if you're going to have those sorts of performances defensively, regardless of if your quarterback is throwing the ball with his left hand, uh, you're going to be in a lot of games. Yeah, and it was – this might be the last thing, and then we might be able to move on. A lot mm-hmm. of times, you being on an offense, you, you can see after – you know, when you play after a turnover and stuff or after a bad series when the offense doesn't have going – the defense playing well is obviously nice to have, but a lot of times that defense, when they're running past, you kind of has some eye rolls, kind of has some comments, like pick it up, guys. And it gets a little bit frustrating to you as an offense because obviously you're working your ass off to try and figure that out. It doesn't seem like there's any bit of that with this defense. Yeah. And I, I have no way of knowing other than what I see on TV and hear them talking in the media, so obviously I know nothing. Um, but just the, the vibe you get from seeing them on the field, the vibe, the vibe you get from them talking in the media afterwards is that this defense almost relishes those opportunities and yeah. almost likes kind of coming out with their backs against the wall and having all that pressure on them. And it, it, it's shown. They, every time yeah. they've really been asked to answer the call in these big games this year, they after the offense isn't playing their best, they absolutely have. Perfect example was the second interception. I believe the very first play yeah, from scrimmage, the play. they Kyle picked Fuller. it right back off was Fuller's interception. Mm-hmm. And to not have that, damn, we got to go back out there right now, sort of attitude that, yeah, a, lot so of defensives ta- that a lot of defenses take. Um, all right, I we got that. It's just a uh, next play. Let's go make something happen, regardless of how we got here. Type uh, type attitude on that defense, and that is going to take this team uh, plenty of places. It's, Matt, it was one of the best. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good. No, I was going to say no, this. No, 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 I was going to roll right into our had, next thing here. I was. We've had some good Bears teams in the past. Obviously, you know, '06, and then they were kind of the flash in the pan with Cutler in those years. This just this seems different. Like this team hasn't won anything. Uh, obviously, they're a game away, away from winning the North, which is great. But like even the the Cutler team that went to the NFC Championship game, like something about this Bears group, this roster feels like different and more sustainable to me. You know I don't like. I'm know, more excited you know about this Bears team than I've from? been since 2005. You know where that team feeling comes from, Matt Nagy? A complete no, a complete lack of dysfunction. There's sure. there's been dysfunction in the past, even in times of success. Whether you want to put that on Jay Cutler or you want to put that on Brandon Marshall or you want to put that somewhere else, uh, guys still wanting to play for Lovey three years after he was fired. There's always been dissent and dysfunction. There mm-hmm. isn't. It seems like everyone is on the same page. It, the only little inklings of negativity we saw were Jordan Howard earlier in the season saying he needs his touches. Well, someone got in his ear and said, shut up. Mm-hmm. We're trying to win something here because you haven't heard a peep out of him. And he had a, his best game of the season He went out and yesterday. got his touches and look what he did with him last night. He's still on ago. pace for like, I, I know it's not going to be a thousand yard season, but he's on pace for about eight, eight fifty, And uh, he's, he's doing his job. Okay. So yeah. he's now on the same page too. That is the biggest difference is it feels like this is a cohesive unit working in the same direction and this defense is leading the charge. And I think it's important that the guys that are leading that defensive charge, Khalil Mack, um, you'll, you'll occasionally hear a little something out of Akeem Hicks, but post game, they're not yeah. big talkers. They go out there and they let their play talk and not to be the get off my lawn old man. That's, that's a, that's a new thing in today's NFL. It's an old thing, but it's now a new thing where talk comes first. I think a and lot of that is, comes from their old school defensive coordinator. hundred yeah. percent. Nick Fangio, even after wins, he's got three words for you. And um, I think that that workmanlike attitude gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling that there's something good happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Matt, it was a, a very interesting Sunday around the league. Let's swing it around the NFL. Give me a little music because I'm running out of voice here. That's fair. <laughs> All right, we'll lead things off with a Thursday matchup. Titans and Jaguars. Derrick Henry looking like the Alabama version. He really Henry. did. A 99-yard run, a couple other long ones. Uh, not looking at the box score. Right 238 yards 17 carries 238 4 touchdowns uh, I saw him on a lot of fantasy benches so I uh, hope you had fun playing <laughs> that, that Derek Henry was the story the Jaguars stink Cody Kessler still stinks the, the, the Titans look pretty good and Derek Henry was just fun <laughs> to watch I don't know why that just reminded me very much of uh, Jerry call me back to uh, some, <laughs> Mr. Frank is dead George is dead George is dead George is dead he back. leads off with Mr. Steinbrenner is here not George is dead he says, uh, Jerry, Jerry, Frank, George is dead. Call me back. <laughs> oh, goodness. Take All us right. to New York, Sundays. Then, Joe. 
Sunday slate, the Jets and the Bills. I saw zero snaps in this one. Just saw that uh, Josh Allen is becoming a, a full-on rushing quarterback. I didn't know the Jets won until until now. Yes. Um, so, I, so only, congratulations I, I, to the Jets. I saw what Red Zone showed me. Um, yeah. That's it. been my, like main uh, depression of this football season is I don't get to watch Red Zone because I'm producing a half hour sports special so I'll have Raiders on one monitor I'll have Niners on another monitor which that's been great football all season and then I'll have if Bears Bears are in the same slot I'll have them on the laptop um, right next to me so uh, having Sundays off Joe we get we get three full games but have not had uh, a Sunday where I get to just kick back and watch eight hours of Red Zone well maybe one day but if the cold sick or something uh panthers and browns the panthers full-on dumpster fire going the wrong way is it four straight losses for them a lot that is five straight losses browns buccaneers seahawks lions and stillers and they get the saints this weekend so uh make it six uh browns win 26 to 20 uh cam newton with another terrible performance uh, when did the Panthers start looking for a quarterback? Because you're going to waste a uh, all-world talent in Christian McCaffrey, who's been tearing it up regardless of all this futility. I was gonna, I'm, I'm going to go the other way on this one, the positive side of this game. Uh, this might have been Baker Mayfield's best game. I know not statistically. He only had the one touchdown, but 18-22, I'm looking at so very efficient. And he made some big-time throws. The touchdown pass, yeah. I think it was the Landry, was an unbelievable throw. So Baker Mayfield seems like he's kind of coming into his own in that Browns team. Uh, fun one to watch. I saw an interesting side-by-side, and obviously it had Mitch's, uh, Mitch's statistics prorated a little bit because he's got a few less starts. But Mitch and uh, – oh, I was just about to say Johnny Football. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Uh, Mitch and Baker Mayfield have very, very similar numbers right now uh, from a QBR standpoint from a TD to interception ratio. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad yeah, thing. just a thing. It, it, it's a similar quarterback. Just a thing. Yeah. Falcons and Packers. The Packers uh, overcome a early seven-point deficit with, I believe it was, uh, this is quick math here, but 34 unanswered points. Uh, they win 34-20 to 20 over the Falcons. Good math. Who are once again floundering. Um, but uh, I don't as know, we what, said. What the hell happened to them? Uh, might have been a little uh, us versus them injection. It's all it was, but still, I mean, the, this Falcons team, that with the, with what they have on offense, oh. all that talent. I know Devontae Freeman's been out, but there's still a lot of skill there. They shouldn't be this bad. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't in the camp of believing that Dan Quinn was had his job in jeopardy because I think he's a pretty solid head coach. But with how this is, you know, going down the stretch here, that that one might be one to keep an eye on. Definitely one to keep an eye on. I think. Um... You know, defensively, they really struggled. There was that game early in the season against the Saints where Matt Ryan threw for like five touchdowns. I was like, they oh, lost like 49 Atlanta 48 team. or something. Yeah, something like that. But uh, they've once again proven us to be right about their uh, their struggles. They Ravens are who Chiefs. we thought they were. Exactly. Ravens and Chiefs. Chiefs win 27 to 24 in overtime. Um, they, they tried as hard as they could to give this one away. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw a couple sidearm passes that the internet went crazy about. Tyreek Hill, most importantly, a little foot injury. Uh, we'll see if he can be ready by Thursday. This one might have cost them uh, uh, in the long run, having Tyreek out there. But um, Pat, Patty Mahomes gets it done in uh, two big fourth down conversions uh, at the end of regulation to capture their 11th win of the season. Man, he, he is a really great quarterback. He's fun to watch. But like you said, there's, there's some throws there that are at some point going to start coming back to get them. Like the, the couple yep. sidearm ones, the one, the, the no-look one, which justifiably so was really cool. Uh, you know, it, it was cool to see, cool at work. But at some point, and I'm not saying it's going to be in the playoffs, but that's usually when these things tend to start catching up on you. Um, I, I think he's going to have some of these risks start catching up to him a la, you know, Brett Favre. Would not surprise me. Patriots and Dolphins, 34-33, to the miracle in Miami. Kenyon Drake out there, uh, ends up with the ball in his hand, takes it with no time left on the clock. The distance, uh, Bill Belichick should be questioned endlessly. I haven't heard any sound on this. Neither have I. Apparently he, went in the, apparently he went into the media room like incredibly early. Yeah. Basically, as a way to get there before all the press did, and that, and that like that was basically his out. He answered like one or two questions, and then well, nobody guess else what, was Bill? in there. Guess what, Bill? This one's on you because yeah. Rob Gronkowski shouldn't be on the field. But not Obviously, only that, you go for it on fourth down, where they have fourth yeah. and goal from like the two or the three. You go for it, and then if Ryan Tannehill has to go 
98 yards in 17 seconds with no timeouts and he does that okay god bless you he beat you instead instead you kick an inconsequential field goal that just made it a one-point loss rather than a four-point loss uh, i had uh, a few family members in building for this one the big dolphin fans shout out to the lot nickies i know uh, the cousins listen sometime uh, they were there it was my aunt uncle my three cousins their wives and two of them have little kids whose first football game this was so to have that be your first football game in person there's they're going to be dolphins fans for life unfortunately we couldn't uh, we couldn't um, convert them to bears fandom that's but, okay uh, <laughs> a really cool one for the lot nicky family nonetheless yeah anyone Anyone who's uh, rented tuxedos from Gentlemen's Quarters. That's that's the tuxedo family. I'll, so. keep, I'll keep that in mind next time. Shout out to prom season. season. Shout out to prom season. Uh, yeah, like you said, the Belichick, having Gronk on the field, and I think Devin McCourty it was their, their best player, their leading tackler, their Pro Bowl safety, I heard, was, was on the field for every single snap of the game except for one. And that one was the last one. So maybe that was sometimes, a little bit of an oversight bill. Maybe don't get too cute. Sometimes the old ball coach gets a little too smart for his own good. Saints and Buccaneers. Saints win 28 to 14. Uh, they were largely kept in check for most of this game. Again, looking very human, but uh, a late fourth quarter push, 17, excuse me, 17 points, 25 unanswered in the second half. It's Drew Brees to 11, 11 and 2. You got some hiccups over there? Hiccups. I'm dying, man. You're okay. We're, we're, almost, we're, we're a little over the halfway <laughs> point here. You'll be fine. Uh, Jameis Winston might be playing himself into a contract extension down the stretch here, which should be terrifying for Buccaneers fans. Which the quarterback situation in Tampa Bay went hilarious. It was like, oh, Jameis is all They've right. They switched like five Wait, times. Wait, Jameis is terrible, and now Fitzmagic's going to be the quarterback of the future. Then it's, oh, no, the Magic's run out. Let's get Jameis back. And it's like, we don't have a quarterback now. It's all oh, we might have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So have the, fun with uh, that, guys. We have the mixed. changing of seasons in Tampa Bay uh, over the last 10 weeks has been hilarious. Giants and Redskins. Giants 40, Redskins 16, Saquon Barkley going off. Uh, making a really, really good case for Rookie of the Year. Um, and I think, that, you know, I, I don't think he'll win it, but he should be up on that ballot when it comes to most valuable players. 17 carries, 170 yards, one touchdown, and some receiving yards to go with it. He's simply fantastic. He, I hope he stays healthy. I hope he has 15 successful seasons in the NFL because he's one of those guys where every time the ball is snapped, some it could be the best happen. highlight you've ever seen. Um, speaking of guys who are playing themselves into something, Eli Manning yeah. might be playing himself into another year with the Giants. Um, play himself into the coffin. They're they're not. They're five and eight <laughs> now after those two wins in a row. They're not going to be you know a top five pick most likely. They're there's not many quarterbacks this isn't that deep of a draft where you're going to get a quarterback at 10 or 11 and be like yeah this guy's ready to go right now Eli Manning playing himself into one more year very smart Eli very smart for some reason I just got like a weird premonition that Will Greer is going to have a Giants jersey on and it's going to be as bad as it sounds yeah that I love Will Greer <laughs> I think he's a fantastic college quarterback I've had so much fun watching him I don't think I want to take a flyer on him at the next one. We need to go back and listen to our old takes, our, our college football preseason, because I know you chose Will. Didn't you choose Will Greer? No, your, I think I even I think I had Jake Browning. Jake Browning as your Heisman winner. But I had and, Washington uh, making a run to the playoff and thought it reasonable that if Washington was going to do that, he was going to have a great season. I might have said Tua. I don't remember, but I do remember that no, I had none Wisconsin. Of us picked, no, none of us picked Tua because we both tried to be cute and kind of go off the... Yeah, yeah, you had Wisconsin in the playoff. I had Wisconsin, I had Wisconsin so we're both equal. I had West Virginia, who I think was not Beautiful. you know they, they they kept it close for a little while. We digress. Colts and Texans, 24-21. The Colts snapped the Texans' nine-game winning streak. Uh, the Colts, I believe, are on a five-gamer of their own. If they you get know, in, man, I, no one's going to want to play that team. Yeah, I don't know why or how. Um, I think T.Y. Hilton obviously is a big part of it, but they've found a little bit of flow offensively and uh, defensively. They're always pretty consistent. And uh, like you said, I think the Colts sneak their way into that team that uh, Nobody no one wants really to wants to have on the other side. Yeah, yeah Luck's playing arguably the best football of his career. You mentioned T.Y. Hilton, another almost 200 yards again. Uh, their running game has, you know, isn't great, but it's developed, you know, enough. And I think the emergence of Eric Ebron as a tight end, kind of giving him that second option, a little bit obviously different type of guy than T.Y. Hilton, has really helped this offense. But I really think the development of the tight end for them has been absolutely huge. Yeah, Ebron Doyle, and then the third guy, 
they're all serviceable. They're all pick and plug. They can all run the similar set of plays. It, they're not. It's not a dead giveaway when one guy's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a like a what was it? Dallas not Dallas Clark. Dwight Clark, uh, Greg Olson type situation. No, it's Dallas where Clark. Dwight Clark's the Forty Nineers guy. Dwight Clark was the yes. Dwight Clark was the Colt. Tom Brady Dallas was at that game. People forget that. <laughs> Bengals and Chargers. Chargers win twenty six to twenty one. A sneaky ten and three for Philip Rivers and the gang. Um, I, I didn't see any of this one. Uh, you know, the Chargers don't play all that great, Joe. There's a, there's a college football podcast I listen to that, that their big saying is after you know big really good teams, top end teams, kind of win a, a an ugly game, a bad game. They should have won by a lot. Is win your clunkers. The Chargers won their clunker here. They they, they survived in advance. They're still ten and three. They still got a shot really all there is still got a shot Broncos Niners Niners win 20 to 14 big upset in the Bay George Nick Kittle Mullins leading. Nick Mullins is going to be the backup for no he's not he's, he's going gonna, somewhere he's gonna, else Nick Mullins is going to be dropped someone's going to someone's going to trade for Nick Mullins Nick Mullins isn't a starting quarterback someone be, someone's if he's someone's if he's anything he's he's going to be a career backup I think the Niners give him a little money because he knows the system That's he's going to be the backup next season this wasn't this wasn't the doing of Nick Mullins Nick Mullins George was Kittle. throwing five yard out routes George Kittle was yards after catch George Kittle 210 receiving yards on seven receptions all in the first half he finishes four yards shy of Shannon Sharp's single game record and they couldn't get him the ball once in the second half to break the record. That's terrible. Uh, they, laughed, they laughed about it after the game. Kyle Shanahan apologized. He said he did draw up a couple plays for him. Mullins just worked through his progressions, and uh, it didn't happen. But a big game, 210 yards out of a tight end. George Kittle, if not going to be first team, he probably won't be first team, but maybe one of the lower teams. He, he's had an all-pro Oh, he'll be an all-pro. On a really sure terrible team. Yeah, he absolutely deserves to be all-pro. Uh, he's been I'm sure the story Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there with ice on his knee just salivating thinking of ways to get this guy involved yeah and I, I know you can't nominate a guy for coach of the year at three and ten but the job kyle shanahan has done with that oh, yeah. group after garoppolo has gone down after Jarek mckinnon went down after all the injuries i mean his mckinnon garoppolo they're a competitive Garcon, football team week in and week out mckinnon garoppolo garcon's out for i believe five weeks in total this year uh goodwin was out for i believe four weeks in total this year defensively you lose Ruben Foster um, good riddance um, you lose a couple other guys you get zero pass rush it, it's just been like you said a fantastic job by Kyle Shanahan and that's why there hasn't been a peep of, uh, of any sort of no, he, institutional he's, changes from John Lynch he's an unbelievable uh, head coach and it starts to make you think like I know it's not the you know maybe I don't want to say honorable thing to do but you know maybe if you have this hot offensive coordinator and you have this young quarterback like Atlanta, or not young quarterback, a talented quarterback like Atlanta had, maybe sometimes it's it's you, you go with the offensive coordinator over the head coach and kind of give them that promotion. Yeah. Because I think Atlanta, if you ask them tomorrow, today, whatever, if you know, two years ago after the Super Shanahan. Bowl, who they rather have, Shanahan or, or Dan Quinn, they'd probably say Kyle Shanahan. Eagles and Cowboys, it was the Amari Cooper show, 10 reception, 217 yards, three total touchdowns. Uh, Jerry Jones looking like an absolute genius. That trade has been the catalyst I, that has lit a fire under a now playoff bound Cowboys team. I believe I said on this podcast that I didn't think the Amari Cooper trade was as bad as everybody wanted to rip it. It was still too much, but your return's been fantastic. Yeah, I, I think it worked out. It was a little bit too much, but I don't think it was this egregious overpayment. I mean, right now, no. if you ask the Cowboys, and I, who'd you rather I have a first round pick or Amari Cooper? I sat here and told you that Amari Cooper is still a top 15 wide receiver in the league, yeah, and he's he just, proved it. He's he was in a terrible place. Speaking of that terrible place, the Raiders pull an upset as well, 24-21 to 21 over the Steelers. A big loss for the Steelers, dropping out of 7-5, and five, putting their divisional and playoff hopes into jeopardy. They're but, not uh, in – they're by no means a lock for the playoffs anymore after that no, loss. It is – Not at all. Derek Carr drives them down the field late. They score a touchdown. Then they try and give it away. They let uh, Pittsburgh drive it into field goal range. It was your classic Big Ben. I got a lead for a quarter with an injury. I did see the kick. It was bad. I've literally never seen a kicker slip like that. Yeah. Um, Players were slipping all day, so... Uh, you know, I don't know how much I can knock them, but you got you to set that plant foot, son. Yeah, come on. Um, I'm, I've never kicked, but it shouldn't be that hard. 
Lions Cardinals. Lions win 17 to 3. Saw zero snaps. I can't say I watched anything in this game. Seahawks Vikings. Seahawks 21. Vikings 7. Uh, it was a bit of a uh, slow starter, but finished strong and the outcome that Bears fans were looking for. How about those Seahawks uniforms, huh? Can't do them. Can't do I, them I loved them. I, and not, not you like, for, the, no, not you for, like the neons? Not for a permanent thing, but like for uh, a color rush home game, I absolutely love those neons. Um, but another thing, colors. again, color I Color Rush wanna, is dead. Let Color Rush die. Color Rush will never die. <laughs> another thing I want to pump my own tires here for, Joe, was I said at the yeah. beginning of the year when they're in the offseason when the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure Kirk Cousins can do more for that offense than Case Keenum did last year. Uh-huh. Look, I think I was right. Yep. I think I was right. A lot of money, too. 80 million guaranteed. 84 million, something like that. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, have get that, that money guys. while you can, fellas. Hey, but they flexed, um, the, they flexed the Vikings the Sunday night because of Kirk Cousins. People forget that. Yeah. They flexed it because of us. Not because of them. Because of us. All right, Kirk. That Is guy Kirk in that hut. It's, Kirk, bo- Kirk, it's both. Kirk, Whichever Kirk, one. It doesn't Kirk, matter. Kirk, it doesn't Pam, matter. Pam. Pam. I think it'll help with the whole Kirk, Kirk situation. Uh, uh, Matt, it was a uh, a blast of a Sunday, and we got three more before it gets so sad. before it gets before it gets real real. That is um, so. Whoa! No, we're not. The gonna, Vikings we're not gonna get... just fired John D. Filippo. No, did they? Yeah. Breaking the, news. Like breaking news on the podcast. You're welcome, guys. Uh, from one minute ago. The hot head coaching candidate from last year, right? Yeah, I mean, he was everybody's. It's definitely watch your back season. It's definitely, uh, definitely, you could get fired at any moment if you're under 500 season. This seems like a little bit of an overreaction for me from Mike Zimmer. From he, he's a guy who you know wouldn't shock me if he overreacted to quite a bit. But that 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 seems like a little bit much. But that said, things, okay, uh, I guess they think a new offensive a little coordinator in a playoff stretch. Things to get a little clouded through those rec specs, so you know he's got the bad eye. <laughs> Does he really? Is it a bad eye? Oh yeah, he's he had like operations on one of his eye, like, so, oh. like a couple of yeah. So you just I take it back. Good job for you, Joe. I lo- I've always been pro rec spec. Since when? I don't know. Since you. Since win. now. Uh, we're moving on to. <laughs> this is <laughs> the first time I've taken a stance on rec specs, and I've been pro since yeah, then. Since. 12 seconds ago. Uh, let's move on to a little bit of baseball quickly here. Winter meetings going on in Vegas. Everyone pretending like they're working to just be in Vegas. Uh, so good on you guys, I all the baseball went. writers of America. How about you guys have some drinks and realize how big of hypocrites you are and let in the Whoa. steroid era guys. In, I'm sorry. I've just had oh, like a – I've just been pissed off about the hypocrisy of – of these baseball writers someone was having a conversation about how you know these steroid guys don't belong in and i think my feelings were once again spurred by uh these recently released podcasts that big cat did with a rod yeah and having these guys and having francesa all of them talk have you about listened the to those and what it was i have and they're fantastic i'm it's some of the best them, but i it's some they're the best, evergreen, but i really want to yeah, listen to them it's some of the best media i've consumed this year and i'm not saying that just because i'm a uh, a big cat fan. They're really fantastic conversations, and um, I mean, it really the names they got on there are unbelievable. Kobe, Francesa, Gary V. Those are the three I've listened to thus far, and they all three of them were each was enter- as entertaining as the next. But I, I digress here a little bit in in my feeling towards uh, this the episode brought era. to you by the Corp. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are the same guys that all got together and looked the other way when they knew what was going on back mm-hmm. in the 90s are the ones that are keeping these guys out. That's my little uh, macro baseball note uh, of the day. But I also um, want to touch on a little uh, free agency here. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado sweepstakes are, are obviously at a fever pitch right now. They're ramped up and uh, all reports saying that the, the, the White Sox are big time players in both Harper and Machado stakes right now. Uh, you, you had a little inside info, a friend of a friend, a word of a word on Harper, did you not? Basically, more or less that from what I've heard from people at work, obviously I'm in a position with Chicago sports people where I hear some stuff that maybe I'm not supposed to hear, but I do. Because I listen, Joe. People forget that. Um, to the ground. More, more, more of what I've kind of heard and told you on this podcast several times before is that the White Sox will not be outbid. If they don't get Bryce Harper, it's not going to be because they did not offer him a massive contract with a huge amount of money. Um, that's kind of all I'll, I'll say from what I've heard. But from what I've heard, that's that's still the the notion and kind of been confirmed to me is that, that Jerry Reinsdorf will not he, – if he's going down, he's going to go down swinging here. 
And I think and, it's it's interesting to me. It's nice to me. You see the last couple of days, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn both kind of coming out and saying, not naming those guys specifically, but not afraid to say in the media that they're, yeah, it's a year early, but you don't see free agent classes like this all the time and they're going to get aggressive. And that around the league, these insider sources, I mean, it, it, at the beginning of the offseason, it seemed like he's going to Philly. It's a lock. And you, you kind of keep seeing the White Sox name keep appearing, keep creeping up in there. And I think I saw as far as to see it was down to, for the most part, the Phillies, Sox, and Dodgers. And the Dodgers would have to make a lot happen with that roster to be able to afford them. And this would be like just a like a, a super intense version of a typical White Sox signing. Bryce Harper, I'm not going to say he's beyond his prime, but he's he's dead in the middle of it, I think. But overpaying probably for a really big talent that they can market. That, yeah. that, that screams White Sox. And it does. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It might come off as a bad thing, but this is if, – if Kenny still has his hands in things, and I know he's not making the big decisions – Rick and Jerry, this, this has this has some Kenny fingerprints on it if they get it done. Um, it's going to be a gross amount of money wherever he goes. And uh, I, I still don't think that a 242 career guy is all that worth it. Now, if he can get things closer to 300, yeah, well, he's electrifying. Or he was, yeah, the last like three seasons he's been okay. in the 240 gotcha. range. My gotcha. fault. Um, if he can be more of that 280 guy, a 300 guy, then yeah, give him a zillion dollars for 50, 11 years. Like, what do I care? But this has all the makings of, of a sock signing, and I think it would definitely inject some much-needed excitement into the South Side. I, I, I know what you mean and that, you know, it's it's a lot of money to commit to any one player. We saw, you know, John Carlos Stan's a fairly similar player to Bryce Harper, and we saw that hasn't necessarily yeah. worked out on I won't call it a bust yet because yeah, uh, but it's still boom it's, flop. It's, it's I don't know. I'm money. saying on like a night to night basis. Yeah, he can it's boom a, or he it's can a lot of money for that guy. Bryce Harper's still 26. He's two years removed from a season where he hit 319. His average was down last year, but he still hit 34 and 100. Um, he he plays solid defense. Like you said, he's he's not in the beginning of his prime. He's in the he's in the middle of it, which still suggests in baseball there's still some time to go for that. But I think if you're if you're gonna go out and get somebody and you don't want to have to necessarily ravage your farm system that you've done a great job building up, this is a great way to do it. And you're putting him in a you'd be putting him in a ballpark that's very friendly to him. I think he could hit legitimately 40 home runs a year to that right field porch. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I. I I'm all in on it. I know it's going to be a lot of money. You don't have to pay anybody for a while. Um, they might even be looking to it, the Jose Abreu trade rumors were kind of heating up again. And if that's something they're I don't interested like that. in, I don't love it either. But if they think they can get prospects for him and they don't think he's going to be here when they're ready to win, I, I, I've told you, if someone wants to overpay massively for Jose Abreu, I'll, I'm going to I'll sadly take it. But I will tell you, that's watching. A, Tired of watching all stars leave for guys that we're not going to see for another five years. I'm tired of it. That's fair, uh, and then that's a part of the reason why I don't. Don't give me another Chris trade. Sale situation. Yes, I understand that was the well, marquee of that. a rebuild that had to have that had to happen. That was the only way Chris Sale couldn't still be on this baseball. But, team. That's, it just that's how happen. you. But then that's how you get this team where you want it to go, where you want to rebuild. Exactly. You, you, you go out and sign Bryce Harper. You have, I mean, you have to hit in free agency. You you, you can't yeah. swing and miss in free agency, but. You have to go out and hit, and this is a way to do that because I think Bryce Harper's floor is still. I, mean, I think we saw his floor last year, and his floor last year was yeah. he two forty nine and thirty homers. Like that's that's really good. Matt, you talk about hitting in free agency, a big hit in free agency for the Cubs and the rest of the NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals adding uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, that was a um, trade that kind of one of the most underrated players. Excuse me, yes, uh, one of the most underrated players I think across the league, just because of the fact that he plays in a Western time zone, plays in the desert. But uh, you know, guys have compared him to Albert Pujols. So now you're talking about a, a division that has. Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Anthony Rizzo, and Joey Votto as first basemans. Who's the who plays first base in Milwaukee? It's like first base central. Uh, uh, they have Jesus Aguilar there sometimes, who's okay. been fantastic. Uh, Eric yeah. Thames, so who's just, usually a backup, but he's still like a guy who doesn't play every day who hits twenty homers a season. 
going to be a stacked division of what looked like a Cubs dynasty in the making. Uh, they're really going to have to earn their way to the playoffs once again. And, I still uh, think they're you know, the favorite. I still think they're, yeah, I still think they're the best team in that division but it's from a closer. roster standpoint, from an experience standpoint. Uh, now can they get the pitching to uh, do what they needed to do when they yeah. needed it done? I, mean, I still think they're going to need to find a way to get a fairly decent-sized contract off the books if they want to add anything significant. Um, yeah. I, that said, I still think they're the favorite because I don't think you Darvish is going to be as bad as he was last year. Uh, I mean, you can't be as bad as he was last year, I don't think. And you, and you know, um, what better what better place to, to get these things figured out than uh, around the pool at uh, excess, uh, excess Club? That's where business pool. gets done. That's, where, that's where all the big deals get done is at the craps table at the Bellagio. <laughs> You'd be surprised, I think. But yeah, I, I think I think the Cubs are still the favorite. Obviously, there hasn't been many big signings. Obviously, the big trading was was Goldschmidt, like you brought up. Goldschmidt, excuse me. Yeah. I'm a little bit not shocked, but a little bit concerned ish for the Brewers that they haven't really gone out and addressed pitching yet. I know it kind of got them where they needed to go last year, but that team still needs a front of the line starter, and I'm not sure how they're going to get it, where they're going to go for it, but they to consistently beat the Cubs if, they, if that's what they want to do and not just be a team that kind of does it once every couple of years, they're going to need to go out and get a starter. And they need a front of the Matt, line, you know, one or two. Matt, we haven't, uh, we haven't come up with a T-shirt in a long time. I think sure. we just got another one. Uh, in quotes, concerned-ish underneath it, Matt Rooney. So, like, it's like, a, it's like your quote. Okay, I can Concer- see that. Concerned I'm, not, I'm not fully concerned. I'm concerned-ish. He's concerned-ish, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll put that like in, like, it. the Brewer's font, too. Matt, we're going to jump into a little Somebody buy or sell here, but first, uh, let's hit uh, some locks of the week. You conceded to wipe your slate clean, uh, yes. so I'm currently up a dozen golf balls. We're playing double or nothing through the bowl season for those who missed last week's uh, last week's podcast, which if you did, go back and listen to it right now. Not right now. Once you're done with this yeah. one, probably about 10 then minutes left this it. one. Then re-download, re-subscribe. Um, Leave a comment. But uh, Matt and I will be picking the rest of the weeks through the national cha- championship. We'll pick. What did we say? The um, we're gonna we're gonna pick obviously the semifinals and the final. Uh, the New Year six. New Year six. New we're gonna year pick six. the New Year six games, um, and up until then, we'll keep it uh, NFL or or college how we have all season. Last week, Matt uh, pushed. I think that's I the tied. first push. That's the you tied. I so tied. Um, that's I think that's the first time in the history of Moose and Runes uh, that year. we've had a that that we've had a push, which, which is, is kind unbelievable. of because unbelievable. That, that I lost. So we're giving you a half point here. Matt goes 0-0-1. Joe is 0-1. Uh, fade the kids. Matt, give him your pick for this week. Uh, I, I really wanted to go with Kansas City minus three at home, given the, the Chargers injury situation, but Tyreek Hill not being you know for sure yet. That, that I, I stayed away from it. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I think they have a bounce-back game, minus six in the Meadowlands against the Jets. I don't think the Jets are very good. I think the Texans are very good. I think they intercept Sam Darnold like three or four times, and they, they win that one handily. So give me the Texans, minus six on the road in New York. I like the pick. Uh, what I didn't like was most of these lines this week. Oh, just they were some, terrible. Some we spent trap this is, lines, some this ugly is the lines, lines. we've that didn't ever make spent sense. both trying to pick our locks because both of us yeah. said how much we hated them. And when that happens, you know, you, you look at you look at the old uh, old tried and trues. You look at the Patriots. You look at the Chiefs. Didn't love those. The line that I liked, Chicago laying five and a half at home against the team we may not speak of. I think they are two touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns better than this Packers team. It's a matter of if they go out there and execute. Uh, the line is five and a half. I think that the Bears are, are plenty, are, are much better than five and a half. I want, um, I want Rogers superior to the. Yes, that, right, that too. So I'm speaking, speaking it into existence. Uh, it's going to be a two, three touchdown uh, victory for the Bears, covering five and a half over the lowly Packers. And I don't remember if I talked to you before on the podcast or if this was earlier, but I I'm yeah, eighty three times you did, Matt. Oh, well, I don't know what that means. Wait, what did was, I, do I don't know if times? I talked to you before on the podcast. You said. And I said, yeah, 83 times. This is the 84th episode. God, when I have to explain things, it pisses me off. Just make better jokes. That's just, just That was a bad joke. Make your point. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, happy the Packers went, I'm happy the Packers went out and won big last week because it kind of gives the Bears a chance to not really overlook that. Not that they could, but makes them a little bit more wary that this is actually still a, a formidable Packers team. And when you're happy, Matt, we're all happy. Let's oh, get into some up. buy or sell. Let's get into some buy or sell here. Would Go you like take to some Dayquil. 
uh, I, I will. Some NyQuil. Go to bed. Oh well, you got to work, so that's probably bad. Maybe. Next, you know, what? do a broadcast on NyQuil, please. It'll be a YouTube <laughs> sensation. Um, so, so buy or thing, right? sell Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, this, this will be buy. actually an over. Oh, oh, I like that. <laughs> um, over under, Joe. Is is okay. what it's going to be? Over under one year as USC's or one and a half years, I guess, as USC's offensive coordinator. So whether that after two, after this season will he you know, he be promoted to head coach and go elsewhere be a head coach? He spend more than just this season as USC's OC. Uh, I'm going to sell that. I think that he is the head coach at SC two years from now um, or elsewhere. I think Cliff Kingsbury is a head coach, and I think he took this job knowing that uh, he has a coach in front of him on the hot seat. And uh, he is a couple losses, a couple bad decisions by the head mm-hmm. coach away from being the, the head guy. man at USC. I think that uh, that's the reason he took that job. Yeah, I think at the very least, either that happens and he's promoted or they have a good season, largely because what he's done with the offense. And then you get big 12 schools or someone calling him again to, to take a head job. Because I'm sorry, but who is Clay Helton? Uh, he won a Rose Bowl. People forget that. Bravo. Yeah, so Bravo. Hasn't been give me the sunglasses. That one didn't count. Give me the give me the blacked out shades. Give me the rumors about the nightlife. Give me the parties. Give me full USC Kingsbury mode. I love it. You want to hit me with something, but Matt? Buy or sell? The Orange Bowl is the last time we see Kyler Murray play a snap of football. So a couple levels to this one. Uh, Oklahoma loses, so you have to buy that. And Kyler Murray goes to play for the A's full time. You have to buy that. I'm gonna sell. Uh, I honestly, I, I flip back or for, back and forth on what my answer is gonna be since he since he asked me a couple times. Um, I think it, I, I know the baseball is the smarter decision. It's the better decision financially and all that stuff. But man, if you if you can be a first round pick in the NFL, there's there's something about that. I feel like it would be really really hard to give up. Um, and that said, I, I also think they do have a shot to beat Alabama because they can score with anybody. So I'm not ready to say that he's absolutely done for sure playing football. I'm going to sell on that. I think there is a chance we do see him again uh, in one capacity or another. It's 5'9", dude. He does not belong in an NFL football Baker field. Mayfield's really short, too. He's not 5'9". Baker Mayfield's six feet tall. There's a huge difference between Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Stand them okay. next to each other. Just okay. the build of the two individuals. Just Kyler Murray would die on a football field. And okay. I, I, I don't say that lightly, obviously. I, I, I'm not making a joke of the dangers of football, but Kyler Murray would be putting himself in terrible danger if he stepped out on an NFL football field. He would also be sacrificing, I believe, $6 million yeah, for the Oakland Yeah, that's Raiders. the... the- bigger issue i think for me is the so uh, i don't know what the exact slots are but i know that kyler murray would not be a top five pick he's not touching six million dollars in the first round of the nfl draft if you want to say you're you got drafted into the nfl beautiful so you get a ceremonial pick in the seventh the, round the thing where i somewhat did not want to say this but with how thin this quarterback draft is i can see someone like you know reaching on him very early Cleveland's got their quarterback. <laughs> this would be the Cleveland guy. <laughs> How about Kyler going to back up uh, Eli Manning in New York? Oh, love Get that. some Kyler Murray, some Saquon, some Odell, Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Just like wildcat, just yeah. full wildcat. Seriously, it'll work. Yeah, Sign me up. Let me run the Giants. Um, you and I had a te- brief text exchange last night. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or not. Um, but we both called the Kings at the Bulls, the minus two and a half. The Kings were get- giving the two and a half. The lock of the Damn century. Right. Lock of, uh, lock of this millennia. And boy, were we right. Yes. Um, I think both of us. We maybe, weren't right for the first half. We were a little nervous that's, that that's we were super the, right. That's what the Bulls do in the first half. Yeah. Um, we, we ended up obviously being super right. Uh, Bulls got blown out after blowing the Kings out in the first half. It ended up Outscored getting, in the second half 63 to 33. I don't think that's good. They're trying. They're trying. <laughs> um, that said, Joe, I want to ask you this question. Both teams obviously in a rebuild. Kings after last night seem to be a little bit farther along. Buy or sell yep. the Kings get back to the playoffs before the Bulls do. Obviously, the Kings farther along, but that West is uh, is murderer's row. I could not buy this um, any 
harder. I don't think it happens this season. I don't think the Kings make the playoffs. But if they can add a free agent, they're going to have $60 million of cap space this offseason. And I'm not saying that they're going to attract a Kevin Durant or that they're going to attract a Kawhi. But if you can put some pieces around a a budding superstar – in deer and fox um i think the mixture is is really really good right now in sacramento these guys are all young they're all playing for each other they got a guy like iman shumpert set the tone i would not be chicago guy uh, chicago guy absolutely i would not be terribly surprised if they snuck into the eight seed this year um i have heard some uh, murmurs in my sources close to the team that they're shopping right now that they believe in this team and that expectation in the front office has changed and it's obviously changed around the team. And uh, they're talking about adding someone before the break um, or excuse me, before the deadline this year to uh, try and take them over the top and make them um, make up a playoff team. So I would buy that big time that the Kings are there before the bulls, because I haven't seen much bulls this year, but I saw it last night and I've seen a couple other games and uh, it's going to be a while. I, I think I agree with you just because the Kings are farther along, but with where the East is and with where the Bulls could be drafting, uh, if, you know, obviously the Bulls aren't making the playoffs this year. So if the King, I think the Kings do have a decent shot, like you were saying. But again, so many things yeah. can happen that West. You don't really know. I mean, Houston right now is in second to last. I don't think that's going to last. Utah is way down there. I don't think that lasts. But if the Bulls can, A, get you know a top two or three draft pick, which absolutely hinges on and then B go out and in free agency they're obviously 20 million is going to come off the books with Jabari because they're not going to bring him back uh go out and add you know Kemba Walker I don't think I'm, I'm they're not going to go out and get Durant or Kawhi obviously but if they can get you know a second tier guy who's still really good like Kemba Walker and then you got a guy like Chris Dunn as your second unit point guard I do think in the east that's a very competitive team obviously not in the top tier but one that could sneak in as, as a seven or eight so I and- Matt, I know it goes against. It's, I know it goes against what I was just saying, but sure. I think you in this question you have to look at what they have now because it often goes. Um, I unspoken. don't hate what the Bulls have now. No, not at all. Not at all. They have to learn how to play together, though. Yeah. Uh, last night well, there were moments it, where they looked really good, but that's what it's I'm kind saying. of it's a weird Zach Levine iso ball or kick it out to Laurie for a long uh, top of the key three or jumper. Like they, there's no flow to it. Like like the Kings have made it clear that their offensive approach is to run, run, and run more. When they get in the half court, they're going to run high screen mm-hmm. and roll and try and throw a lob to Willie Cauley Stein. It's not science to figure out, but it's not science across the league. You know, there's five plays that these teams are running well that's what i'm saying i i don't think i I think once this bulls team as much as i like their core their core hasn't played together all that much um i I still think if you give them hope it a lot of it hinges on them staying healthy this year too not to be good but to just get those reps together game reps all that stuff especially now with a new coach um if they can get some time together and kind of use this year as a growing year i don't think next year they're that far off from being you know a seven or an eight seed yeah, I think. Uh, but I, I mean, if, if I if I had to go to Vegas and lay down a bet now, I'd absolutely lay down a bet on the Kings, if that makes right. sense. So you're buying as well, Matt. Last one here: uh, buy or sell after yesterday's news of uh, Reggie McKenzie was fired following Sunday's win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Reggie McKenzie being the Oakland Raiders general manager. Uh, buy or sell? We see a similar situation as. Uh, New England, where we are seeing uh, John Gruden as both a coach and general manager, head of player personnel. Uh, I think I'm going to buy it. He, he, they gave him 10 years. What general manager is going to want to come into that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, you know John Gruden's calling the shots. You know he's in charge. You know he's also untouchable for the next five years, probably. Um, so I, I don't. I, I eventually see him being promoted, or maybe there's somebody that gets you know a dummy title. But it, it's going to be John Gruden's show. Yeah, I think that uh, that's a good point. You know, Reggie McKenzie. He, he had his ups and downs. He inherited a terrible football team in 2012 that was about 40 million over the cap. By 2016, he was the executive of the year and mm-hmm. had them playing good football. Uh, last year, a misstep, and then this year he watches his new head coach or the new head coach. I don't know how much he wanted John there, but um, he watches his head coach trade away everybody. His, his two most successful draft picks in his tenure. So um, I think, I think a lot of people in Northern California and around the league 
saw this coming, but the timing of it was was a bit uh, questionable that it happened now and not at the end of the season. Uh, apparently, in the meeting, Reggie McKenzie was offered the opportunity to stay with the franchise through the end of the season, and he said, kick No, rocks. yeah, I would. Yeah. That's <laughs> absolutely what you should do. I'm not, say, pay me my money. I'll see Give me my way. money. I'm going home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see, but I don't see anybody wanting to take that job or them giving it to anybody else. Matt, you got anything else for the people? Um, I guess, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed in you, Joe. Um, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going out of my way this weekend to <clears throat> take, a, take a nice flight out to oh, California, the northern end of it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm only going to be about you know, an hour, hour from me. Not, not going to see you it. You told me 48 hours ago. Okay, and yeah, that's I, plenty of time. I, it only happened. It, the trip developed 48 hours ago. I told you as soon as I knew. Well, I apologize. Thank you. If that's you were here Thursday, I would have had a tea time ready for you. Unfortunately, I as I told you, the, the flights were two hundred dollars to change. I love you, but not two hundred dollars. Yeah, we don't need to get into the financials. Not sure I love anybody two hundred dollars, but plus, I, I got a haircut appointment with your mother. I can't. I can't okay, we'll the, leave it. Leave the mothers out of this. You know that in sports we work weekends. So I'm sorry, I could not reconstruct my Saturday Sunday to, that's uh, all to I, that's, get to you. That's I, all I'd I love to see you, Matt. I'd I love to see the you. Apology. I do. But so, maybe, uh, maybe. An ex- maybe an extended trip, maybe maybe a Wednesday through Sunday. We make. Well, I told happen, you we're, right? we're coming out. Uh, we're coming out next uh, in the summer for the U.S. Open around Pebble. Coming out we'll from the out U.S. There. Open, and uh, who knows? Maybe maybe those maybe those Irish supporters find their way out here for a national title game. Joe, I've been. Who's, who's to say? I've been to who's a Notre Dame national title game. I don't <laughs> think I want to go to another one. Twenty <laughs> twelve. Yeah, I was at that one. Oh no! Yeah, well, lots of and the nice thing about that one though is you knew it was over pretty much right away, so there wasn't much suspense <laughs> to it, and you just kind of got to appreciate how good Alabama was. But yeah, I was at that one. I can watch on TV from now on. Uh, b- before we yeah, before we get uh, get too far of our feelings here, let's say goodbye to the people because I got to go blow my nose. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 84, 84 of the Moose and Roots podcast. Go. Only the so third time yet, bringing yes. it to you and yours. It happens. It happens. Numbers, letters, it's all of it. Uh, we appreciate you guys. As always, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, we appreciate the support, as always. We'll see you next week for episode 85. Hopefully another Bears victory pod celebrating an NFC North championship. What do you say, Matter? I'm in for it. All right. See you guys later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the state was phenomenal.